we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for March 8th, 2015. Uh, some Bible verses before we get into the next part. Uh, and again, these next parts also relate to the first part that we talked about with Ken Hoven because what I don't, I, but then again, I do understand it. And we're going to be looking at why isn't there more support nationwide from the pastors? I mean, Ken Hovind spoke in a lot of 501c3 churches over his, and I'm not saying none of those churches support him, but there should be a hundred, a thousand times the support, whether it be on the internet, where it be, whether it be there physically, and I'm not seeing it. But if you're beholden to the IRS, if you're beholden to your 501c3 corporate status, you got to be real careful what you say. They literally, the IRS, the government, literally gave you your right to exist as a 501c3 nonprofit corporate entity that they designate as the as the pastor as the CEO and the deacons as the board of directors. It's like a corporation. That's how you're designated. And you got to be real careful what you say. Or you'll you'll lose that, you know. And parishioners won't be able to write off your taxes, and you won't be eligible for subsidies, and you'll be have all kind of you know potential trouble. So, I really believe that is a gigantic reason that we're not seeing the support for Ken Hovind. These pastors are, are just petrified that the IRS would come after them um, and yank their status and in in. I think that's a gigantic reason we're seeing this. So the Bible says in Jeremiah 23:1, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Now that's the norm now for pastors, particularly in America as corporate 501c3 entities. They destroy and they scatter the sheep of the pastor. That's kind of the norm. Okay. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. Now, I mean, I can't tell you how many of my listeners have departed from the 501c3 corporate institutions. And, you know, because the churches they were at didn't take any kind of stand, because they were beholden to the IRS, because they were lukewarm, because they had compromised on in so many different ways. And so this is what we're in reference to here with these Bible verses. We jump ahead to verse 9. It says, Mine heart within me is broken because of all the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man. I am like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. This is Jeremiah talking. For the land is full of adulterers, and because of swearing, the land mourneth. Um, that could be interpreted in a, two different ways, actually. Swearing, cursing, and also swearing where you swear an oath that you don't keep. Okay, so that you could interpret that a couple different ways. Most likely it's cursing, though. They're in reference to here. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil, and their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein, and I will bring evil upon them, even the first year of their visitation, saith the Lord. And I think this is why the Bible says, why God says 
you know, in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So much of the time now within the modern, particularly corporate 501c3 Church of America, they're taking pleasure in unrighteousness. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm perfect. I'm just saying that that so much of the time is is becoming the norm. So going forward, it says, For both prophet and priest are profane, yea, my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore their way shall be unto them as a slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on, fall therein, I will bring evil upon them. Um, behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind, and it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The Bible said judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. So I really believe this scripture has been fulfilled before, but is also prophetic regarding the lukewarm church of Revelation through the Laodicean church that is lukewarm. It's neither hot nor cold. They're blind, wretched, weak, and naked in God's eyes, but in um, their own eyes, they think they're rich and they're in need of nothing. Okay, they think they're doing pretty good, which is pride. Okay, so I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Well, that's that's common. I mean, it's particularly in charismatic circles. I, I've been there. You know, the, the false prophecy is the norm. You know. No, in the Old Testament, that was a death sentence. I mean, Deuteronomy 18, take them out and stone them, you know. Um, so, or if they if they rendered a prophecy that, that led you away from God, even if it came to pass that it led you away from God, they're not of God. So there's very serious things in the Old Testament. It was a death sentence, but, you know, nowadays, particularly, like I said, in charismatic circles, that's kind of the norm. Going further, but if they had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, they should have turned from their evil way and the evil of their doings. So, a true prophet is typically going to point you toward, well, would always point you toward righteousness, toward holiness, to turn from your evil ways and the evil of your doings. Um, it said, if they cause my people to hear my words, meaning they're going to go by the word of God. Okay, not their own, you know, whatever they think they heard from God that doesn't line up with the word of God. So that's a false prophet. Goes on to say, I am, I am a God at hand, saith the Lord, and, a, and not a God afar off. It's pretty profound. God is a God at hand. He's right there. Okay, he's not a God afar off. Now, yes, sin separates you from God. True, you know, um, but he's not a God afar off. If he is a God afar off, it's because you've put him in that position through your own iniquity, typically, through your own sin. Now, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying that's, I would say that as much to myself as I would anyone else. Okay, sin separates us from God, but he doesn't want it to be that way. Going further, verse Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can any hide himself in secret places that I see him? That I that I shall not see him. No, obviously. Saith the Lord, do not I fill the heaven and earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophets said, the prophesy lies in my name. I mean, when you say thus saith the Lord, 
boy, you better make sure that you heard from God. You better make sure it heard it, it lines up with the word of God. And you better you better hope and pray it comes to pass. Because if it doesn't, then you're a false prophet. You know, and 50-50 or 60-40 doesn't cut it as far as, you know, you know, the, the fortune tellers do that well a lot of the times. You know, communing with devils and demons. Going further, it said, uh, they prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. So you got to be careful with the dreams and stuff as well. And it, You know, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is chafe to the wheat? Okay, so um, the, the wheat in this particular case is the word, the word of God. Okay, that, that the prophet should be speaking faithfully. But a dream in this case is compared to chafe. Just the stuff that you want to get separate from the wheat. The worthless um, byproduct, you know, that goes along with wheat. So, you got to be real careful of dreams, I think, is, is the, is the uh, thing there. Um, and then it ends by saying, Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord. A fire that would burn away the chafe. Okay, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. So Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. And these are the type of verses that, that need to be quoted regarding like this thing with Ken Hovind and regarding all of the wickedness that they're trying to perpetuate on him. And, and um, you know, when the enemy shall come in like, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And so this is warfare. You know, going down to Pensacola is warfare. And um, it's to be treated really that way. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going down there, you know, so I can have some little good time or, or, or whatever. I, I mean, I, obviously, I want to ha to uh, fellowship with the Christian brethren in, in, in um, I'm really looking forward to that, but that's not the con why or, or the conviction that I got to go down there. I, I, I'm going down there because of this warfare that needs to be waged, you know, um, because this is a spiritual battle. That Ken Hovind's dealing with. If you go down there, you know, um, make sure you put on the full armor of God. Make sure that that you know you you have your your sins. You're right with God as much as you can be right with God. You know, because you're going to be dealing with some um, very wicked, evil spirits down there. It's not to be taken lightly. Okay, so, and I'm, I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect either. Okay, I'll say that as much to myself as I would anyone else. So then the next report here is red alert. You know something's up when the government gives toolkits to churches. Thousands have accepted. Is your church involved? Now, these are all 501c3 corporate American churches we're in reference to here. The fall of the church has been expedited. In an effort to sign up as many victims as possible for Obamacare, the government has stretched their tentacles to partner with churches and other faith-based organizations. They have gone as far as to print Obamacare documentation, including flyers, bulletin inserts, media announcements, and even talking points. These materials are part of their second Sunday and Faith Weekend of Action Toolkit. And there's a link to that. It's right from the government website, healthandhumanservices.gov. 
website. So it's called the Second Sunday in Faith Weekend of Action Toolkit, a toolkit geared towards religious organizations. Sadly, over 5,500 churches eagerly, eagerly pounced on the opportunity to marry their government over this Obamacare initiative. Well, they've already married the government with their 501c3 status. Okay, now if you don't know about that, I've got tons of teachings I've done on this that I'm going to get to a little bit later in this study that you can reference. I've done full audios on this. I'm not going to recover all of that because there's no way I could. But I've done many teachings on this and there's a lot of other pe people that have done really good teachings on this as well. I'm, I'm going to give you those links a little bit later on in the PDF. So here's a sample announcement uh, from these church bulletins, the governments teaming up with and the churches. It says, no matter where you live, you may be able to buy insurance from private health plans that cover a comprehensive set of benefits, including doctor visits, hospital stays, preventative care. Uh, the marketplace is a new way to get health insurance for you and your family and learn about other programs you may qualify for, including Medicaid and CHIP, C-H-I-P, all in capital letters. So, I mean, this is, why don't they just say Mark of the Beast, but I mean... I'm, I'm not even really that familiar with what that means, but it sure looks looks suspicious. And uh, anyway, and then it says, insert name of church here, uh, whatever church is working with the regional office of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. This congregation, the surrounding community will be getting with getting coverage. We have chosen this Sunday as the Get Covered Day at, insert church name. On this day, we will have a presentation of the health insurance marketplace along with other assisters who can answer your questions about the marketplace. Be sure to invite your family and friends for more about the marketplace on Sunday. So the church totally yoking up with the wicked government, evil Obamacare. Um, there, and then there's a sample bulletin notice here saying, if you want to enroll for health insurance, you must bring the following. Your social security number, your employer income information for every member of your household. Uh, pay stubs, W-2 forms, <laughs> policy information on health insurance if you have someone in your household. It's, it's just insanity. Now, that's the least of what I'm going to be talking about regarding the, uh, the corporate churches in America yoking up with the government. In the next report, I had a lot of people email me on this, and I kind of wanted to tie this together with some other reports. And it's entitled, Church Asks Followers to Submit to the Government. Call 911 on suspicious neighbors. A church hosting a law enforcement appreciation sermon asked its followers to pledge their allegiance to the government this weekend, arguing that all state authorities throughout history have been ordained of God. And here is a picture from inside the church. The man that was taking this was here at this church, and it shows this gigantic, must be one of these kind of like mega churches, this gigantic um, screen in back of, I, I guess, the, the main area there. And it says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. And, and I, they, this is a butchering of, of Romans. Uh, um, and it says, everyone must submit to, gover to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Yeah, that that was one of the main things Hitler used to to dupe the church. So, okay, it's all that verse only applies if the government is doing God's will. If the government is a godly government, 
Okay, that's the only time that verse applies. And again, I've done whole teachings on that as well that I'll give you the links to. So, according to an anonymous visitor of the Gold Creek Community Church in Mill Creek, Washington, who provided exclusive photos, attendees, which, I mean, you can see them in the PDF here, attendees were ordered to submit to the state without question. They had police worship Sunday, and last week was military worship, where they played clips of American Sniper. The source said they were telling people to basically worship government and worship police no matter what. No mention of police brutality, no mention of stingray systems grabbing our data, nothing there. The church's pastor, Dan Kellogg, who is also reportedly a police chaplain, used the Romans 13 Bible verse to justify his position. Don't they always do that? Romans 13 has long been used by authoritarian regimes to force compliance. Romans 13 has routinely been cited by tyrants throughout history in an attempt to prevent Christians from opposing their rule. Indeed, it was Hitler's favorite Bible verse. Religious groups such as Catholics, and again, they just isolate it to the exclusion of 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 the rest of the Bible and also to the exclusion of the verses around it that would clearly qualify the verse that it would only apply if the government was of God. Okay, if it was a godly government doing godly things. It's the only time that verse is going to apply. So, um, religious groups such as Catholics in the 1930s Germany were also also use the verse as an excuse not to rise up against the Nazis when they were still a minority political party. Near the end of the sermon, members of the congregation were asked to raise their hands and make a pledge, which included a promise to call 911 on suspicious neighbors. So turn into a good little brown shirt narc Nazi and make sure you 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 know turn your neighbors in and and uh, here's here's the actual um, picture of the screen and um, you know it's showing all the stuff I pledge to call 911 if I see someone suspicious in my neighborhood huh. oh my word unbelievable so that this is literally going on in the churches now while working with law enforcement to create a safer community is a noble cause the sermon made no mention of the duty of americans to oppose and protest unconstitutional legislation and dictates the sermon's content is eerily similar to the 2009 document passed out to churchgoers in ohio that told christians to support president obama due to his status as god's minister now if obama's not satan's minister I don't know who is, but this is how deluded the churches are, where now the churches are calling everything, or not everything, but many things that are, that are evil good and good evil. Okay, it's pretty sad state of affairs when that's what's, what's going on in the churches, and that's where we find ourselves. Since at least 2006, the Department of Homeland Security has used Romans 13 under the FEMA program to train pastors to become literal secret police. Pastors are tasked with teaching their congregations to submit to every government action, including forced relocation under martial law. During the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, pastors operated under the clergy response team program were used to quell dissent as police and military carried out unconstitutional gun confiscation. And we're going to look at that more in a minute. Okay, so that was that report. Now, each one of these is getting more hardcore, these reports. Now we're going to, we're going to go into this report, which is entitled 
uh, pastors, pastors to help DHS in arrests and detention of Americans in FEMA camps. This starts out with a picture of a, I'm assuming some type of minister with a jacket that says clergy response team on the back um, talking to people. Uh, and uh, the caption says, pastors serving government over God. The fact that FEMA has recruited up to an estimated 28,000 pastors as, as a low-end estimate, this is a low-end, okay, to as many as 100,000 pastors as a high-end estimate, in order to form the clergy response team is very disturbing, not to mention frightening. And notice, none of them are talking. They're all absolutely, totally beholden to the government. The government is who they serve, not you, not, not the parishioners. The government is who they have their primary obligation to because of Romans 13. Not to God, not to their parishioners, the people in their church. No, it's the government. Okay, The government, in essence, in, in is really God. They're putting the government in a position that only God should be in. God is not going to have you ratting out the congregants of your church, and this is what we're going to be talking about to a certain degree. The reports of pastoral betrayal are now coming in from multiple sources, and there's no denying where this is headed. Below is an interview that Alex Jones did with my friend, Pastor Butch Paul. I have been on Pastor, Pastor Butch's show many times, and my experience with him is that he is not only a committed man of God, he is a very serious researcher. In the following video, Pastor Butch tells Alex just how far FEMA's plot is to use pastors to entice uh, willing self-incarceration into FEMA camps. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little over six minutes of this particular clip. Now, again, I'm not endorsing Alex Jones or whatever. He's interviewing this man that um, is exposing this. So I, I want to get wherever I can get clips where I'm seeing this clergy response team, and they're hard to find, exposing this. I am going to go ahead and, and try to get that information out to my listeners. So let's go ahead and play this one first. First Amendment now. Instead of defending it, he's there just, I love it. Get rid of America. We'll be right back. I'm going to go five minutes at least in the next hour with Pastor Bush Pause. Need to get him back on the show. Years go by and you just forget about all the great people that are out there doing such important work. That's his own show weeknights uh, here on the GCN Radio Network, GCNlive.com. Um, a lot of people are who, who are new listeners, they go, man, this guy's demoralizing me. He's scaring me. No, no, it's the opposite. That's why the show gets so much action and is so effective. We lay out the incredible crimes, as the Sons of Liberty did in the 15 years before 1776, of the corrupt empire. We expose how outrageous their crimes against us are. Because we're not looking for cowards. People out there that get scared by this, they don't count. They don't understand that there's no running from this. you got to face it head on. In fact, I'm only afraid of running from these people. I, I, I can't run. I can only stand up. And it's outrageous what they've done. Expose them. <laughs> I can't tell you how big it is that we're reversing the fluoridation all over the world now, everywhere you stand up. These crooks will be defeated if you see yourself as a leader. Butch, we were getting into just how bad things are. I liken it in one of those old movies where you're trapped 
you know, in the pyramid or whatever. So this is Pastor Butch Paul. And the uh, sand is pouring in, or the water's pouring in, and, and it's going to kill you if you don't find the lever to get out of the, you know, the, the chamber. And that's really what's happening. So of course I'm yelling and screaming and running around like a chicken with my head cut off. You know, going, burr, burr, burr. We've got to do something here. And then everything we've warned folks just keeps happening because the globalist blueprint is public. Okay, I just realized I managed to mess this one up as well. That's three, I don't know, three out of I don't know how many I've messed up so far. Um, sorry, I don't think I've ever done this before. Um, the the clips were playing at a the minute mark where I evidently I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to try to go back and redo the links, but I'm going to go ahead and start this from the beginning and and then you can hear the actual uh interview here so it's only about a six minute clip we've heard we've heard a little bit of it but this will make a lot more sense now i want to bring up pastor butch paul he's the guy that first broke uh with another pastor the secret clergy response team documents i don't know six seven years ago then we got even more documents and now it's been proven that pastors all over America, over 100,000 now, have been secretly trained by Homeland Security to tell their flocks to submit to tyranny. And he's up in Minnesota from West Virginia visiting. So the hillbilly preacher joins the hillbilly radio host, Alex Jones, uh, both certified hillbillies from hillbilly stock. I guess Butch is more of a hillbilly than I am. He actually grew up in a holler. Uh, but, uh, uh, Butch, it's good to have you here with us. Well, thank you, Alex. It's good to join you. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. We're having a great time here in Minnesota. I have to say that Ted is a good griller. And Chad, Chad, he likes to grill outside the studio for everybody a couple times a week, those juicy hamburgers and steaks. Now, um, very Al-Qaeda-ish. What do you think of everything that's happening in America, how far we've come? Isn't it really because the whore churches have been bought and paid for by the New World Order? And, and I think that's giving too much credit. I don't even like to add the word church to it. I say whore corporations because they're not a church. They are 501c3 corporations, and I can prove that. I wouldn't say it. I myself was a part of one for years, but when I started figuring this out and tried to explain to the people what was going on, they asked me to leave, so I did. But the 501c3 churches, uh, the corporations can't... Pretty, I can totally relate to that because that's pretty much what happened to me, too. I was ran out of the last church, the last one, and I was putting pressure on the, the pastor who knew where I was coming from, who knew about this issue at length and said kept saying i'm gonna do it i just want to make sure i do it right and you know orchestrated some things in the church so you know i i would leave and, and he he accomplished what he was setting out for but that's what really started this ministry so um i'm glad he did it because it kind of you know got me going in in moving in this direction to actually you know get this ministry going so you know praise the lord for it and not legally stand up and do anything and let's face it, Alex, the money's coming into them uh, pretty well. They have nice padded pews, and they have nice gymnasiums. And they don't, they don't rock the boat. Besides, they're waiting for the raptures. But their birthright of freedom has been sold for a bowl of porridge. Absolutely, it has been. And the pastors in the 1700s, as you as you know, were, were the ones who led the wars. I mean, the one that started the Revolutionary War. They were the ones that put the fire into people's heart for liberty. They were the ones who told them that there's only one king, and his name is not George or Obama. This is what we have today, uh, but we have a church today that is completely because well, the Bible warned us in many places, especially in Hosea 4, 6, and, and 7, that as the people increased, as they prospered, they forgot their God. And that's what's happened in America. We have prospered ourselves right, right into another tyranny. And boy, this tyranny has scientifically covered every angle. The only thing they're not counting on is people having courage and standing up and saying, I'm not backing down. 
Well, they, yes, you're right. They covered all the bases. Uh, I mean, Hitler had been proud to see what we come up to in this country. There's never been a time in history at all that people could be so, so monitored, tracked, and traced, and probed, and, and controlled. Never in history this ever happened like this. In America, it's really a phenomenon in itself had the ability, because of prosperity and smart people, to build the technology to enslave itself. And that is a, uh, kind of a sad statement, but it's true. Well, think about all the reports come out now. It's not even a big deal when somebody dies from a taser now, so they up the power. Not a big deal now when SWAT teams go to the wrong house and kill somebody. Uh, I mean, it's just it's pure evil, Pastor. Well, within the Indiana now, say so they go house to house without a warrant? Yeah, why not? Yeah, and now I'm so conditioned, I didn't even make a big deal out of that. The sheriff, one of the head sheriffs, said, we will now do house to house gun sweeps because there's no Fourth Amendment now. Instead of defending it, he's there just, I love it. Get rid of America. We'll be right back bad things are i liken it in one of those old movies where you're trapped you know in the pyramid or whatever and the uh sand is pouring in or the water's pouring in and, and it's going to kill you if you don't find the lever to get out of the you know the, the chamber and that's really what's happening so of course i'm yelling and screaming and running around like a chicken with my head cut off you know going bark, bark, bark. we've got to do something here and then everything we've warned folks just keeps happening because the globalist blueprint is public Butch, uh, where do you see this country going right now? Well, Alex, I have to say, from being on the radio for almost going on 19 years, being a pastor for over 30 years, studying scripture, history, and current events, I'll say this as clearly and slowly as I possibly can, that if we do not do something now, we don't have another year. We don't have another six months, I don't believe. Economically, this country is going to collapse probably within six months. If we don't do something now, there's no hope turned around. And what I can see happening is, is overwhelming. But we have, we have to remember, Alex, that the God we serve is far greater than the God of this world. And we must keep that faith and our eyes on Him and do what's right. Always do the next right thing and don't worry about the consequences. Whatever it is, is, is in the hands of a holy God. And I, so that's why I don't get scared. I don't get too excited. I, I, I'm concerned. I have six grandchildren in this world that I love deeply. And, and I want to change it for their good. But I tell the people to prepare for the worst. Prepare for the worst, and so whatever happens, you're going to be okay. Just just think your way through it, pray your way through it. Don't panic, because panic leads to a lot of bad decisions. I agree with you. Who would have ever imagined that they would now try to send the TSA to high school proms to stick their hands down kids' pants? And the TSA is now helping in roadblocks and road checks. Uh, th this is a total federal tyranny. Uh, our forefathers will have been up in arms years ago. Bobby, before I forget, I'll be doing a live broadcast. Okay, so that's just that one clip. Um, let's go forward here. In the following short clip, the DHS and FEMA freely admit to enlisting pastors as part of the clergy response team uh, run by NOVAD. There is no hiding it now. It's absolutely out in the open. Law ever become a reality in America? Some fear any nuclear, biological, or chemical attack on U.S. territory. So I think she said, "Will martial law ever become a reality in America?" Territory might trigger just that. And as KSLA News 12 Jeff Farrell discovered, the clergy would help the government with potentially their biggest problem: us. From my cold dead hands. Charlton Heston's famous declaration captures a truly American value: the overarching desire to protect our freedoms. But gun confiscation is exactly what happened during the state of emergency following Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. U.S. troops also arrived, something far easier to do even now thanks to last year's elimination of the 1878 Posse Comitatus Act. 
That forbid U.S. troops from policing on American soil. If martial law were enacted here at home, like depicted in the movie The Siege, easing public fears and quelling dissent would be critical. And that's exactly what the clergy response team, as it's called, helped accomplish in New Orleans. The primary thing that we say to anybody is let's cooperate and get this thing over with, and then we'll settle the difference. This is, this is a chaplain in the clergy response team they're interviewing here. So this is these, these lukewarm devils that are working with the government in order for you to, to convince their congregants to give up all rights and everything. This was all a beta test with Katrina. They wanted to see what type of resistance they would get. They had a captive audience. Um, it was in an isolated spot where, where kind of New Orleans is at. Um, and um, they were using the pastors integrally uh, with that event. Once the crisis is over. Such clergy response teams would walk a tightrope between the needs of the government versus the wishes of the public. In a lot of cases, these clergy would already be known in the neighborhoods in which they're helping to defuse that situation. For the clergy, one of the biggest tools that they will have in helping calm the public down or obey the law is the Bible itself, specifically Romans, Romans 13. Because the government is established by the Lord, you know. And uh... Yeah, all government. Hitler. Stalin, Pol Pot, governments established by the Lord. Just a blanket statement at all. And I mean, our government isn't wicked, right? They're, they're as righteous as they get. So, I mean, these these deluded devils are, are... The Bible says if the blind follow the blind, they'll both fall into the ditch. Most of the pastors now are blind, wretched, weak, and naked, just like it talks about the Laodicean church of Revelation 3. You know, and they're leading their congregants into the ditch where they're going. And that's what we believe in the Christian faith. That's what's stated in the scripture. Civil rights advocates believe the amount of public cooperation may depend largely on how long they expect a suspension of their rights might last. Jeff Farrell, KSLA News 12 reporting. Do you, do you realize that basically all of the apostles and Jesus Christ himself were, were not doing what the government wanted them to do? Okay, the government of the day, they weren't complying with whatever was being told to them. And they all ended up dying martyrs' deaths, horrific martyrs' deaths, as a result of that, essentially. So, I mean, you know, it's just unbelievable, the, the blindness here. According to Tuberville, during Hurricane Katrina, the clergy response team provided 38 chaplains a day around the clock at eight different camps. All a big beta test to, to see what, again what their public reaction was going to be and, and where they need to fine-tune and tweak certain things within their satanic system. So, as if the clergy response teams are not enough to convince you that your church has been compromised by the non-Christian forces connected to the globalists, then you need to consider the impact of the 501c3 regulations and how they limit the preaching of the Word of God from the pulpits of America. Let's review a stunning interview with Pastor Congressman admitting the DHS slash IRS is telling pastors that they cannot... The, uh, what they cannot say from the pulpit. So it's the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and the IRS, okay, two totally wicked factions of our government teaming up, telling the pastors what they can and can't say from the pulpit. Uh, MSNBC interviewed a pastor who happens to be the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus, Emmanuel Cleaver, Demo Democrat from Missouri. Representative Cleaver stated very clearly that preachers are being muzzled by the 501c3 regula regulations being enforced 
uh, by the Department of Justice and the IRS. In 2014, hey, the thing is though, is you take a benefit from Satan, there, there's a price for taking the benefit. You know, there's always a price for yoking up with wickedness. Okay, so the churches, they act like, well, we want to just take the benefit and not have to pay any consequences. And it doesn't work that way. So, and, and again, from a spiritual standpoint, what happens to you as a church when you openly yoke up with the government? What type of devils and demons enter into that church that have every right in the world to be there because you've come, you've made a contract with the wicked government? They have every right to be there. You cannot pray them away. You can't do anything about it because you've willingly entered into that contract. I mean, you've chosen that. So... Who knows on that on that end? Uh, let's go further here. Uh, in 2014, Representative Cleaver headed up a meeting with several thousand clergy, along with representatives from FEMA, the IRS, and Eric Holder. According to Cleaver, the pastors minister to a total of about 10 million Christians. Okay, so if there's a hundred thousand people in the clergy response team, hundred thousand pastors. You've most likely got the absolute majority of America covered. You know, and they're not admitting to it. They can't. They they have to sign non-disclosure agreements. They're not going to tell their parishioners. Their their primary um, um, obligation is to the government, not to anybody but the government. So, um it goes on to say here, Cleaver clearly stated that the purpose of the meeting was to equip the pastors with what they need to know about what they can say and not say in the church. That is exactly the main emphasis. They want to control everything. They want to control the narrative, the dialogue, everything of what the pastors can say or can't say. You want that 501c3 benefit? There's a huge price to pay. If you find this too hard to believe, let the congressman tell you in his own words what I've just written here. So let's hear it straight from Representative Cleaver here being interviewed leave it to cleaver sorry on how to combat the recent rise in voter id laws how does president obama get to 270 electoral votes well his clearly strongest voter group is african americans and hundreds of preachers and other religious leaders are going to get a pep talk of sorts from members of the congressional black caucus on how to combat the recent rise in voter id laws i'm joined now by the chairman of the congressional black caucus congressman emmanuel cleaver democrat from missouri who is also an ordained minister congressman it's good to see you good morning good to be with you so you've got this big summit tomorrow essentially what is your message to several hundred clergy members, I understand, who will be there? Yes, we'll have uh, representatives from nine denominations who actually pastor somewhere in the neighborhood uh, of about uh, 10 million people. And uh, we're going to, first of all, uh, equip them with the information. Shows this disgusting picture of all these preachers laying hands on Obama, like he's the man of God they're, they're praying for or whatever. And the thing is, is if you were Satan, who would you target? Would you target just um, somebody sitting in the pew that really doesn't have any influence? You'd go right to the head of all the churches. You target the preachers, and they're all being targeted because they all have the 501c3. They're all yoked up with the government, basically, most of them, 99% of the churches. And therefore, they can go and they can corrupt, they can influence their parishioners to a much greater degree than if Satan was just working on one little 
lonesome person in the church that really didn't have any influence. Of course they're going to go after the preachers. You got the preachers here at this one meeting that, that can affect 10 million other people every Sunday is what he just said. So from a satanic standpoint, it's clear, clearly why Satan would want to go after the preachers. Information they need to know uh, about what they can say and what they cannot say uh, in the church uh, that would violate their Father One C Three status with the IRS. In fact, I mean, he just said it right there. That's all that matters. Be, get muzzled. Get muzzled by Satan. Go and, and willingly muzzle yourself, and I'm sure that's going to please God. You know, Jesus. Didn't let anybody tell him what to say. The apostles didn't let anybody tell him what to say. They preached the truth to the point of martyrdom. And there's been um, millions of other Christians throughout history. And you look at the Catholic Inquisitions and things of this nature that have died for the very same reason. But today's preachers, oh, they can't even, th even think about such a thing. I mean, they can't even, I mean, they're not even thinking about death. They're just thinking about, oh, if I lose my 501c3 status, I'm, I'm going to be ostracized of my other 501c3 brethren, and, I'm, and my, my parishioners aren't going to be able to write this off on their taxes anymore, and I'm not going to be able to get these subsidies, and, and I'm going to be some kind of uh, biblical uh, pastoral pariah of, of <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's pathetic what we're talking about here. We're going to have the IRS administrator there. We're going to have the Attorney General Eric Holder there. I mean, we need to have the IRS and Eric Holder and, and DHS because they're the ones that biblically know what the preachers need to say and what they need to not say. Obviously, you want to have Satan telling you what to do. I mean, it's just common sense, right? Uh, we're going to have the lawyers uh, organization from around the country, the ACLU, all giving... Oh, good, the ACLU they can and cannot do. But, boy, I, I tell you, thank, thank God. No, I'm sorry. Thank Satan for men of Satan like this gentleman that we just heard from and, and, and the others that, that are out there. That um, and I'm not saying that every single person, every pastor in a 501c3 church is a devil, but they're yoked up with a devil system. And it is affecting them spiritually whether they want to admit it or not. This is a spiritual battle. And they have willingly entered into a contract with Satan by doing this. It's becoming more and more flagrantly obvious that what I and many others have been saying over the years is absolutely the truth. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. Which is which is evidence that, that you know this is something that these these um, people need to avoid like the plague, these pastors. Okay, so this is another short clip of, of Alex Jones interviewing another pastor, David. Jay Smith, this is just a, a pretty short clip here and um, uh, regarding this issue here on the clergy response teams. Now, Pastor David J. Smith, the on the face of it, the tyranny of the government having a relationship secretly with the pastors, I mean, that's right out of uh, the Soviet Union. It absolutely is, and not only that, <clears throat> there's uh, a lot more in-depth to this, and I don't know sometimes whether to even bring it up or not, but I guess if we're looking for truth, we better say it. Um, Jesuit universities, uh, there are Jesuits who, that's the Society of Jesus and from the Catholic Church, they go out into organizations, even though they're priests, they dress just like the average person, infiltrate organizations, the Knights of Malta, and their goal is to bring everybody in the world back to the Catholic Church. 
There's 24 organizations minimum working inside the United Nations to bring about a one-world religion. In Clayton, Missouri, there's a United Nations library. And when I lived in St. Louis, I went to it. And in one of the books by Dag Hammarskjöld, he said that the head of the United Nations would be the political pontiff for the world when they established their world government. But then they would be a religious pontiff of Rome. And so once again, church and state together. So that's pretty pretty powerful stuff there uh, as well by that particular pastor. Now let's go further here. Let's just keep playing some of these clips here and um, kind of weave all this together. Okay, so this what this is, this is a continuation of that interview uh, that we, we just heard. So let's just go ahead and roll this. And so they're trying to bring a ecumenical movement here of all churches, and a part of it is this going in and talking with the pastors, telling them that guns are bad, they're evil, they should be willing to turn them in. And all, the, all of this is from a program a uh, written paper by Major Peters, um, and it, it, he put it, um, it was called Warrior Class. He said that patriots and those who would hold out for nationalism, who believed in God and the Bible, were now to be considered an enemy doctrine. And therefore, anybody that holds out and wants America to remain free and outside the New World Order, Anybody that wants to have a free reign of Christianity in America, they are the enemies. Any patriot is the enemy. And I agree, the Jesuits are right at the top of the New World Order. Tell us about them. Well, um, Bill Clinton said that his mentor was the late Professor Carol Quigley of Georgetown University, which is a Jesuit university. He wrote a huge, huge book, Tragedy and Hope. And in there, he said that he was an insider for 25 years. He saw their books. He knew their plan, what their purpose was. And he said the entire world was going to be controlled from the, your birth to your death. Everything was going to be controlled. Well, this is nothing but pure socialism, and then you want to throw in a little fascism because of the corporate structure that's going to be with this new world order. And so, but the thing is, the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus, they and the Knights of Malta all have sworn allegiance that they are trying to get every sand of grain, of, of sand of, you know, piece of sand on earth, all land masses and the people that inhabit them to turn back to the Catholic Church. And the present Pope actually stated, and all of us know, know it if we watch the news, and he said that the uh, Protestants and anybody that was not a Catholic was defective in doctrine and needed to come back to them. Well, uh, I've stated on many occasions that, I mean, the, the heart of the coming one world religion will be witchcraft. That'll be the backbone. But I believe that particularly with the one world religion itself, the, 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 the sect of false religion that is most set up, that is the most powerful, is the Catholic Church. And, and that'll be the, the, um, the mother satanic hen that all of the other 
little satanic roosters come to, you know, come under. And so I, I, I believe what he's saying is the truth there. Um, that's a problem for me because I believe he's the defect <laughs> and not uh, the Bible. And that's what we go by. And so the Society of Jesus is working in secret. So when he says the Society of Jesus, he means the, the Jesuits, which are the most wicked, probably the most wicked, evil faction of the Catholic Church. Now, just key in Jesuit in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done many studies on them. Uh, I got into their oaths that they take, this extreme oath of whatever unction or... I mean, these are the most satanic oaths you ever heard. I thought the Freemasonic oaths were bad. These are like, these are way worse. Unbelievable. They go out and infiltrate all types of businesses, organizations, universities, and so on, and even churches. Uh, now, um, getting back to the on-the-ground manifestation of this, preachers call me all the time. I get little news articles here and there, but most of them are afraid to come on. Um, but again, we have the documents. It's admitted. It's been on the news. I mean, how does a preacher get approached with a government, hey, we want you to tell your flock to submit to government and go to FEMA camps, and when there's an emergency, tell them to go to the sports stadium and turn their guns in, and then FEMA just leased in Des Moines, Iowa, a huge, uh, the huge stockyards, the cattle yards, and they admitted for putting people in it. I mean, it's it's a bad Twilight Zone episode. I've documented where the there's some churches that have the railroads right next to them. I was probably in the last couple of years that one church in the Midwest that had the the railroads spur right next to it, where they load them right from the from the church parking lot right onto the the railroad there. And there's there's a FEMA camp right up the rail. I don't know, 10, 20 miles right up the railroad there that they'll take them to. I mean, this is being done. There's one right here, um, near where where I live in um, in Conover, North Carolina, where there's one. It goes right through the middle of the town, and and there's a um, there's a uh, and I've reported on this. There's a a, a business in there, a, a, kind of a new business they built when they started doing all of this upgrades of of the community. And every single building they're putting is right next to the railroad tracks. New library, new businesses, and this one particular business. Uh, which is there has a gigantic area in the back. I mean, I don't know if you looked at football field size, you could probably fit mm, three or four, five football fields in this area, and all the bob wires facing in for the whole perimeter. And the church and and the building next to it, which is an older building, which almost looks like a uh, there's a there's like a I don't know if they're junkyards or what they are. The, all their bob wires facing in. Well, you you only put bob wire facing in if you're trying to keep somebody in. You put it out if you're trying to keep somebody out of of your business. It doesn't make any sense unless they're going to be used at a future date to keep people in. I drove through there real late. Uh, um not too long ago and um, drove in there and immediately there was some type of undercover I don't know if he was a cop or what in a black thing immediately turned his lights on and started approaching me I just turned around calmly just drove right back out I mean you could literally cut through the parking lot but they had security there you know so security must be a real big deal yet they're not trying to keep people out they're trying to keep people in with the bob wire 
So I'm sure you'll be able to find this dynamic going on in cities all across the nation. Right, and I don't understand why any minister who's worth his salt would stand up. Well, you know, really, you got to take a break. Yeah, we do. Stay there. I want to come back and talk more about Romans 13. Because I've had police tell me, they go, We deserve the Lord. Do whatever I say. But if that was the case, we'd have had no founding fathers. I mean, why did Jesus then not follow the government's orders? I mean, it's just made up. But we have a pastor on with us. David J. Smith has a national television program as well, three times a week. We'll be talking to him in just a moment. Look, we know there's a new world order. We know that every major organization is controlled by the new world order. All the big institutions. We know that now. Let's Sorry about the rock music in the background. You know, Jones has no comprehension. I guess he, he thinks that all rock music is of God and uses it to intro and exit all of his, his, his videos and has people like Megadeth guy who's supposedly born again Christian yet he keeps singing that same satanic garbage and Joe Rogan who's a Satanist and people like that on his show. I mean, you know, his discernment's just through the roof. Move on to fighting their program, standing up against it, resisting it. David J. Smith, you were uh, making a point. Uh, in Romans 13, it basically states that we are to obey the law unless it requires us to violate God's law. Now, and plus basically, um, our forefathers gave us a republican form of government, a constitution and a bill of rights to protect us from tyranny. It was supposed to be our representatives in Washington that would balance the executive department and then the judiciary. They would balance each other. But when the president of the United States and previous presidents have packed the courts with liberals and they always interpret the law instead of become a strict constitutionalist, then... The well, I mean, this thing with... Ken Hovind's the perfect example of that, of a liberal, most likely closet Satanist judge just putting her own demonic spin on whatever whim, on whatever, you know, thing she wants to create out of thin air in order to keep Ken Hovind in prison for the rest of his life. They're the traitors, not the average American person. Amen. And so they're the ones that should be held accountable. But And, and I want to be clear here. On its face, it is so asinine to say, worship all authority, do whatever it says, it's all of God. And I have a bunch of preachers on national TV I can play clips of, knowing off their government talking points. I mean, all authority, that means Pol Pot, that means Vlad the Impaler, that means Adolf Hitler, uh, that means Mao Zedong, uh, that means uh, just, just everybody. Uh, that means King George the Third. I mean, it, 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 that's to say. Then they say our Congress should do what the president says because he's of God. Uh, but wait, they're co-equal in authority. I mean, it is such a. And, and I've read all of that chapter. They just take Romans 13 out of context, but balanced against the rest of the Bible, the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, is about standing up against tyranny and being thrown in the lion's den, or in a furnace, or being crucified upside down, or having your eyeballs poked out, or being burned at the stake. Uh, but no, they say no. It's about doing what you're told. Well, that means that you have nothing but sheep that are led to the slaughter.
when it should not be that way. Now, I, I don't necessarily um, advocate taking up guns and going around shooting people that are a part of the government and that kind now, of thing. Only in defense. If they're putting you on FEMA trailers, you got to you can't let them take your children. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people are saying, okay, it's true, you're a terrorist if you talk about the Bill of Rights or Constitution, and yeah, they're saying, yeah, you got FEMA video of them teaching this, maybe we should, maybe it's bad, it's of the Lord, let's follow their orders and never talk about the Bill of Rights again. I mean, how deceived is that, Pastor? You're as deceived as you can be if you think that's the truth. Because the Constitution of the United States is the official law of the land. And anybody tells us that we should not follow the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which protects us from tyranny, we have automatically laid down and said, tyrants, take over. And uh, Pastor Smith, I have two for you and a fast one for you, Alex, if there's time. Uh, Pastor Smith, uh, I'll just fire them out. Uh, have you seen uh, Dr. Catherine Albrecht's uh, RFID treaties on uh, on the brink of a mark? And also, uh, I'm a bit of a novice religiously. I, I know some about it, but if I was to go to speak to pastors uh, one on one and try to uh, find out where they're at on this whole subject of uh, Romans 13 and all that, what's your best recommendation for the things that I should say to them? Well, I'm not familiar with the first question you asked. Okay. And the second question, I can tell you frankly and honestly, for years and years, you will not get a straight answer. If you go to ministers and try to tell them anything about Romans 13, you will not get anywhere. I found that to be the truth. I've had, I don't know how many listeners try this. I've tried it. I've done it, and ultimately, I've never seen one person convince one of these 501c3 pastors that you know anything regarding conviction about the 501c3 status or Romans 13. Now, obviously, there are pastors that have come out of that system, and and I'm not saying not to do it because obviously they had to hear about it from someplace. I'm just saying, from my personal experience, it's it it's kind of been an effort in futility uh, but you do what the Lord convicts you to do and sometimes it's a matter of presenting something to them even if you know they're going to reject it I mean you know it's kind of like the the Bible verse that talks about their blood being off your hands I mean at least they've been warned you know they're without excuse any other suggestion then well um, if you do have somebody that's willing just to sit down and be very polite and courteous and listen to what you say then my suggestion would be that you just mention to them that the Constitution is the official document, the government of the United States, and that shouldn't we be following it and not just all of these laws that are being passed that are illegal. Well, that's right. And, and, and turn it on its head. They claim Romans 13. Let's say that that's a right interpretation to lick the boots of government. Well, then why aren't the people running our government licking the boots of the Constitution? They're overthrowing it. They are the rebels. Pastor? That's right. Okay, so that's that uh, particular uh, video there. I'm going to have to end part two here. I'm out of time, and we will go to part three next.